I'm Andy Vinker, and this is Fit Pro Radio. Whether you're a fitness veteran or novice, this podcast is for you. I hope to share the good, the bad, and the real to help you fast track your career and help you find fulfillment and passion in the fitness industry. Let's go. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Fit Pro Radio. I am so excited to be back after a bit of a wait (laughs) on my end, Um, but I'm super excited to be back to podcasting and I'm excited for our guest today. She is not only one of my favorite instructors, not only ridiculously talented at literally everything she's ever attempted, literally everything. She's beautiful. She's kind. She's educated. She's a contortionist. She is a mother. She is, <laughs> she's laughing. <laughs> she is also my number one, my sister, Angie. Um, Angie and I got into the fitness industry about the same time. Um, I've told you my first, in one of our first episodes about my first time attending a Zumba class, Angie was there. She had just had a baby. I had just had a knee surgery. We walked mm-hmm. in, we're like, what is Zumba? And how can we be a part of it? Do you remember this? I <laughs> do. I do fitness. remember. We were like, what is Zumba? <laughs> it says it's a, it's a Latino exotic dance party class. I don't Let's even know if it. we got that far. I, I don't know. I, th- I think I we just we heard read the music. That and too. then we just went. But I thought we also read the, the, the whatever it's called after being like, what was that class? Zumba. So fun. Uh, that's right. Anyway. This is my favorite Zumba yogi and favorite sister instructor, um, Angie. Welcome to the show. I am so excited to be here. I'm so excited. I'm a huge fan. I've listened to every <laughs> single episode. I'm so right. excited. And knowing us, I know that we're going to be laughing until we cry, uh, <laughs> talking way too much. But that's we need fun. to have just a separate podcast. Just thoughts, <laughs> thoughts with Angie and Andy. Oh my gosh, it would just be us listening. <laughs> hey, but listen, we would laugh harder than anyone else. Yes, we would. <laughs> but tell us, tell the people who you are. And can I quickly just insert, Angie is one of the biggest reasons this podcast is even a thing. Like I have been talking about wanting to do a podcast for how long? Like years. Oh yeah, long time. Long time. Long time. And then finally Angie was like, well, don't you just know how to do it? Like, why don't you just do it? Well, yeah. And you've always been so good off the cuff where you're just kind of like talking um, and sharing things. This has always been kind of your best platform. So it made so much sense. Um, And I'm so glad that you started it because it already seems like you've already reached people. I see how many people share it on social media. So I'm, yeah, just ecstatic that you are branching out. Yeah. Thanks for making this happen. Shout Mm -hmm. out to my number one cheerleader. Okay. Now tell them, tell them all about you. Um, okay. Well, I'm Andrea's big sister or we're super close, um, and always have been thick as thieves. And, um, yeah, like Andrea said, we are fitness instructors that we both kind of started and our entry point was around the same time. Both of us were looking for something to try. We thought we would just like sign up for a a trial pass at a local gym. And so that's where we tried our first Zumba class together. And then after that, I think both of us decided that we were just going to do this thing without really having any uh, context to the industry or <laughs> anything really. Um, we just thought it was so much fun. So we just, we just did like it. We just like the pants. Then... <laughs> it's really yeah. what it was. We just yeah, wanted but... the cargo pants. <laughs> <laughs> 
if you know anything about Zumba, they just like the loud clothes, you can see them from a mile away. Um, but yeah, so we, and then it just kind of blossomed from there. You went like, um, in all sorts of directions, you went like strength, cardio, um, and then less mills. And I went the direction of yoga and it branched out for me from there. So yoga, Zumba, and, um, and now contortion are kind of the main things that I do, but yeah. Um, I also love capoeira. I'm a mother and yeah, I guess that's it. I can't, I don't know what else to say. Like I said, it doesn't really matter what Angie's taken on. Like she's always really, really good at literally everything. She's an, <laughs> she's, you didn't mention, but you're an artist. She's oh. also loves history. And like, I, I, when I think of Angie, I just think of like the most multifaceted kind of human. Like she knows so much about everything. She's a wealth of information. She's a therapist. She is just also <laughs> so giving, but just also, I don't know. I'm just very much look up to you. And so I've, I know I've wanted to do this with like, have you on this show for a long time, but, and we, we always bounce ideas off each other. So I'm like, finally, you know what? It's a Thursday. Let's go for it. Let's just do the things. <laughs> so I'm, I know, like I'm I said, excited. so excited. So Today, let's introduce our topic. We've been talking for a long time, like Angie and I always have these conversations, whether I'm frustrated with um, something happening in like my facility, or maybe we've seen it in the industry, or maybe a manager that was kind of like rubbed us wrong for a reason or another. Um, We always kind of come back to talking about being professional in the workplace and what that kind of means and it's kind of hard. I don't ever want to say like an attempt is like not professional. Like you just showing up is not professional. I don't want to say like that. And I don't want to say there's just one way to be necessarily. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Go ahead. Finish oh, your yeah, thought. Thanks. Um, but yeah, just basically saying like, here are some do's and don'ts for fitness instructors. Here are some things that might make your experience better for not just you and the people you serve, but maybe in the back behind the scenes, like with a manager, with a boss and how to basically show up as our best as instructors, things that a lot of times are overlooked or missed, especially when you're new to the industry. Cause just like us, we were just in it for the pants. We didn't really know the, all the rest of the stuff that would come to, you know, applying, building yourself, getting, putting yourself out there and what that looks like. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's really interesting that you bring up these topics because I think I was uh, having conversations with some of my superiors at the gym that I work at and both of us have been in the industry in different corners of the industry. They do um, personal training and they also are in management of the gym that I work at and I've always been in the group fitness arena. And so we were talking and and kind of common mistakes and things that go wrong, but also, you know, sides of the industry that I don't get to acquaint myself with very often, unless I'm talking to you, like, I don't, I don't, um, you know, manage a big group of instructors. I don't manage the, uh, the uh, kind of um, intersections, right? Like, you have the, you guys are kind of the bottleneck between the higher ups and then the instructors. And so you have a different kind of set of, or a, a different way of looking at this whole thing. And so how I think I've, I've looked at it or really thought about it is like, how do you stay in this industry for as long as we have? Um, how do you maintain 
your sense of self through so much change. Because if you've been in this industry for any amount of time, you know how quickly it changed and how much turnover there is. Mm -hmm. Um, And how trends move. Trends move at at light speed. So um, let's see, there's that. So as far as like professionalism, do's and don'ts, as an instructor starting out, like I think that the first things that I would start by telling myself is, yes, start teaching. You have to start somewhere, right? You, the, the knowledge you have, there's so many of us that kind of get this analysis paralysis. We think like, oh no, well, I'm going to fail. So I can't show up if I'm not going to perfectly do it the first time, mm-hmm. which if you have the knowledge and if you don't use it, then what good is it? Um, you know, teaching, even if it's not perfect, is better than not teaching at all, yeah. you know? Um, and can I just say, like, even the most seasoned instructors, like, we don't get it perfect. Oh, my gosh, no. Perfectionism I students- is, like, never going to happen. And I and I think, but I think even as a first-time instructor, we all kind of put ourselves in that headspace, being like, I don't look like that, so what if I, if I don't look like that, I'm going to fail. Yes. When the reality is, it's like, no, you're going to look the way you're going to look, but you're not going to learn these skills. You're not going to get this experience if you, you know, like hide in your room and be like, well, I got my paper and now I'm certified, but now I'm just going to cry in my bed because yeah. I'll yeah. never be that good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, and there's so much that you can learn from that teaching. The more that you do it, the more you develop your own voice. And when you develop your own voice, you start to attract your people. And I think that might be one of the hardest things. Um, is getting really discouraged because you're trying to mimic and kind of borrow pieces that you see other instructors doing and it feels false. People can tell it feels false. You know, it feels false to you. Um, so, you know, being able to develop your own style and your own voice and um, the way that you walk, the way that you offer your offering um, is going to be what what magnetizes those people to you, I think overall, but you don't ever get there if you don't teach, right. you know? So um, getting it perfect. And I still tell my students, I've been teaching, gosh, how long has it been? Like it's been over a decade now. Mm-hmm. Like um, I still tell my students, like you will watch me mess up at least once in every single class. And, you know, we laugh about it. You guys might remember. <laughs> so the front row divas will always give me the, the cue of where we're at next. And so we laugh and we move on. And um, and I think that that too, having a sense of humor is so important as you, you know, not trying to take yourself so seriously um, really helps. Yeah. So then with that, I would love to know. So I'm. Because I think, yeah, we don't want to take ourselves too seriously, but when do you start to take things seriously mm-hmm. in a way that you're like, okay, maybe I need to refine here. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I, I think I think that because when I've seen different interviews or auditions, sometimes I'll have like the brand new instructor that's like giddy and kind of goofy. Um, and they're like, I'm just so excited to be here. And you know, like <laughs> you're excited to have them. But at the same time, it's just like, I know that you're brand new, but I still want you to like walk in here, like, like you own the room, like, you know what you're doing. Yes, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. It's like, um, you know, what people don't see, and I know that we, 
you've covered this in previous episodes as well, but like what people don't see is how much preparation goes in before I ever get into that room. When I'm choreographing a, a song, I have listened to the song already probably hundreds of times. Yeah. I've also rehearsed it hundreds of times. You're like, kids um, are singing the song. They know every single yeah. word. That's how often you've listened to it. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm dreaming the song, you know? Um, and so I've, I've, rehearsed it many times in my own head. I've done it in my room. I've done it on camera. I've uh, practiced it with and without verbal cueing, you know, the things that, that you do. And I hope so. Um, anybody who's listening to this at home, like know that this is, you know, lots of behind the scenes work that you're putting in that no one gets to see. The payoff comes when you execute it perfectly in class and you feel that your, your preparation has translated to your students' successes. You know, they get to pick up on that cue the first time. They get to execute the movement without even skipping a beat. So their heart rates stay high. They feel successful. They feel that they can know where you're going next. And so yes, there is um, kind of fluidity and, and uh, a, um, an ease that you gain the more that you practice that. But, and silliness is always welcome, of course. Like there is definitely a place for silliness, but yeah, silliness like play, can't play cover everything, Yeah. right? Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Play comes after the structure. Um, you Ooh, have to build that. those strong foundations because your foundation silliness won't hold you. It won't ground your class. You have to ground in order to play, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's a great question. I love that question. Yeah. I think because I think that's something I see a lot and especially brand new instructors when I see auditions and recently I did like a queuing workshop and we talked about how it's so important. It's like, we want you to have a party. Like the goal is to have a party, but in the same time, just like you would, when you're like planning a party, there's so much preparation that goes in. So you can't just like jump in and be like, wow, like kind of crazy, um, right out the gate because then who's at the party? Only you. Cause no one exactly. else knows what's happening. And yeah. so instead, why don't we invite everybody to the party? And we do that by that behind the scenes preparation, mm. by the practice, by being able to, like you said, like structure the party mm -hmm. <laughs> as a, as kind of a control freak myself, I'm all about structuring parties. And so, <laughs> if I you can know, make it's this what party we do perfect. Best. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's, but it's like, I mean, there was a, a post and you had Cass Martin on the show not too long ago, but I have to credit her with this because it's something that I, it really sticks with me every single time I go to a class and I see it and it comes with practice. And so again, for people who are listening, it comes with practice. You will mess up. And so it's not going to be perfect right out the gate, but you know, you're, you're here because you have to, you're showing what the students, what they can do, what mm -hmm they can do and not what you can do you know um there is an aspect of performance from the instructor because you're there to kind of amplify the energy and and get everybody excited you set the um you set the bar but it's not about you and your silliness and you know when you get too silly and there's nothing to anchor it um it starts to feel frantic mm -hmm. and and then they can't match your energy. And then you start to question and, and mess up more, you know, things like that, that um, really throw off the energy of the class. So anchor yourself 
build yourself in those strong foundations, know where you're going next. Um, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So then, um, other things that we were talking about, you have a list and I would love to hear something that's jumping out at you. I love when, when people I interview kind of like come with things that are so excited. You're like, Oh, I love, I want to touch on this. So. Oh, Oh my goodness. Okay. So, um, what's sticking out to me and it's again, such an opportune time. Like you reached out to me at a very interesting time because I'm in a moment of like trying to juggle many, many things. And as fitness instructors, we can, especially when you're new, you're teaching a lot of classes um, and a lot of different formats. Mm-hmm. And, or even if you're teaching one format, but a lot during the week, you know, say you're teaching, I was teaching at, at the most, maybe like 15 to 18 classes a week. And that was just absolutely unsustainable. <laughs> but we do it because we get so excited to get a job. Mm-hmm. I yeah. think that's, that's like, it's really fun and exciting, but I think we learned very quickly, like you, you said, it's not sustainable and it's not actually something that we want to be like wearing as a badge of honor being like, I teach 23 classes a week. Right. Well, like, I mean, yikes. people that's maybe don't job. understand exactly. Yeah. It, when you say it like that, Hey, it's a part-time job, 15 hours a week, part-time might not sound like a lot to the folks on the outside, but there are like I said, hours of preparation, you have continuing education that you're trying to do. You may or may not be buying your own equipment to bring with you to your class. You have to do your own rest days. You have your own training schedule. If you're a parent, you have to juggle that. Um, you know, the, the money that you spend and the time that you spend putting playlists together or memorizing your choreography, there's just so much work that goes into, um, doing this kind of job. And, you only have one body. Mm-hmm. It's <laughs> like think, your one tool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so if you're out, if you're injured like that, there goes your income, right? There goes, um, and your, uh, industry standard is that you are responsible for covering your classes. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, our managers will do the best to help us. But as we said before, like there's a lot of plates that they're juggling as well. So many times it's up to us to find our own subs. And they may or may not come through, which means we either have to cancel the class, which is a last resort, or we teach anyway through our injury. And that's, you know, I know that so many of us do it. I'm doing it currently. So I I feel like, I know, I know it's, it's just one of those things that (laughs) (laughs) of all people, (laughs) just kidding. (laughs) I know I'm joke. I joke with my chiropractor all the time that I'm always mildly injured. (laughs) It's okay. We keep them in business. Yeah, no, she and I have a really great relationship. I would not be able to do anything that I do without, um, without my Cairo. Um, but yeah, it's just, this is one of those things where you have to really prioritize like, okay, I only have one body. And when I started, I was in my early twenties. Now I'm 33. And, you know, there is a difference between when I started out and what even like mentally I was able to do. Now I'm juggling so many things. My kids are older. Um, you know, they, they have different needs now. I have different needs now. And so anyway, what I'm trying to say is that it's very easy to get burned out and um, prioritizing your rest days, prioritizing teaching what you do best at 
you know, um, one of the best things, best pieces of advice that I got in the last year was to choose the channel that you can deliver your unique medicine with. Choose that one because your impact there will be so much greater than if you spread yourself so thin, like Bilbo says in The Lord of the Rings. He's like, I feel like butter scraped over too much bread. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Bilbo. <laughs> yeah, shout out to Bilbo. <laughs> um, but it's like, if you spread yourself so thin, you're only doing half as good as um, as you could be, you know, and, and you're, when you bring 100% of yourself to any format, your students feel it, they receive it, and, and so do you. It's just like this feedback loop of really great feelings. And anyway, yeah, so let's um, define let's define burnout because i think a lot of times i know when i've been in burned out i don't always realize what i'm feeling mm-hmm. um and even still i'm like i'm i've been like really consciously trying to explore the language of emotions yes. and and trying to name what i'm feeling and a lot of times like when i've been in burnout i don't realize it for me it looks like overwhelm or stress or or like my head is hurting or my body's hurting when when I think about it, that all kind of leads back to stress. And it's, mm. and I learned in like one of my experiences, I thought I was having, having a heart attack. Mm. Um, one time, I don't know if you remember this, like I couldn't breathe. I, mm-hmm. I remember my chest was so, so tight and it got to a point where I was like, Scott, you need to take me to the emergency room. Like I'm having a heart attack. I do remember that. It was, it was really scary. It was very scary. And, um, And because there was no words, I couldn't feel anything. I was like white, shaking, hot, sweaty, all the things. So I'm like, I am dying. Mm -hmm. And they do all the tests. They like cover me in all the wires. And then they're like, honestly, you're like as healthy as a horse. You might just be stressed. (laughs) And I was like, I'm not paying this hospital bill. (laughs) You cannot tell me that, that what that was is stress. And they're like, it's called a panic attack. Yeah. Isn't that bonkers? It was so bonkers, but it was the first time, like first, after I like recovered from obviously the rage from being told all that was just stress, I realized that just stress is a massive thing that can totally affect our thinking. It can affect our body. It can affect our overall health. Like a lot of times when we're deep in stress or something big is coming up, we get a cold or we Mm. get the flu or something like that. Some kind of body attack where our body is literally trying to tell us, you have to settle down, you have to stop. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so let's let's define like what overwhelm and burnout feels like for a group fitness instructor, not even just in general, mm-hmm. but like for group fitness. Tell me what that oh. looks like. Um, well, for me, and I can only speak from my own experience since I'm not in everybody's body, I just have my body. But um, for me, when it shows up, it is a deep, like, oh gosh, it's almost like bland, like the way that I show up. And, and I want to clarify this because people will always say, I, I couldn't tell, you know, Mm -hmm. I couldn't tell there was no, I, you didn't translate that to me. And I said, I know because I show up and I show up with bells on and I'm going to do my job and I'm going to do the absolute best that I can, because that's the person that I am. And I believe that those people deserve the best. Um, but what it looks like for me is like, oh, I just don't, I just don't want to go. I don't mm-hmm. want to do this. Every part of me is saying, I don't want to do this. And so I approach with this kind of like 
washed out, bland. Everything feels heavy. Um, it's one more thing to do. Yeah, it, one more thing to do. It feels just like, ugh, you know, this, it sucks all the joy out of it. Mm-hmm. And and it's really hard to distinguish too when you're sore all the time. I'm sore all the time because I'm always moving. <laughs> um, so it's hard to tell like, you know, am I actually injured? And and do I need rest? And so many, many of us, because we're athletes, in addition to our own teaching jobs, it's hard to distinguish when you're injured versus when you are sore. Um, you know, or when I should push through, I think that maybe, and I can say this from our own growing, growing up experience, it was like, unless you're barfing your brains out, or even if you are barfing your brains out, yeah, you show up and you go back, you keep showing up, you know, unless you're dying, you're still, yeah, oh yeah, but I I don't even think it's like exclusive to our parents, I think it's very much a thing uh, that all of us grew up with, and the mentalities are changing now, luckily, but um, anyway, yeah, it's just kind of like, unless you're dying, you still show up, Mm -hmm. and so that's what it looks like for me, is just like, I don't want to do this, the joy is not there anymore. The enthusiasm is not there anymore. And I'll turn it on when I get to class. But up until the moment I turn on that mic, I am just ugh, mm-hmm. not wanting to be here. And so if if that's what you're feeling, and on top of that, you're just hurting, your muscles are hurting because you're using them too much, you're getting injured, you're getting shin splints, um, you know, whatever that looks like, it's, it's a sign that you need to just be drawing back a little bit. And there is also the other side of the coin. I have seen so many times in yoga too, um, where the burnout, the depression, the stress starts to turn into a very disordered um, hyper activity, right? So then we kind of treat whatever our teaching job is or our modality, whether that's yoga, whether that's um, fitness, cardio, whatever, we treat it to an extreme. So then it becomes the escape that becomes the disorder in and of itself. So we all, we all, I have been there. I'll speak from my, my own um, experience. That is something that is very vulnerable, but I think it's so important because we don't understand, you know, just because we're in a gym doesn't mean it's healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, Ooh, that was good. Whew. Um, it's true. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, there are so many different kind of layers and dimensions that it can take on. It really comes back to like, um, knowing yourself, having a very, um, deep and loving and compassionate sense of self as, as we're just talking about like the ways that these things can become disordered. Um, you know, as I say, we've all done it to some degree. We either push through injury or we avoid, you know, through our job or through our modality. And, and it just takes meeting yourself where you are and saying, you know, there's something underneath here that needs treating and whether that's injury of the body or injury of the heart, um, it needs pause and love and deep care. Yeah, that was so big. Oh my gosh, so many things. That, <laughs> so many things. Um, I love it. And I think it's true. Like I know that recently I was talking to one of my instructors 
And she was saying, you know, maybe this isn't for me anymore. She's like, it just feels, everything feels hard. Every time I teach a class, like, I feel like it's a good class and I'm prepared. But then every time I'm like, like, I don't know, I'm just not feeling it. Mm -hmm. And so this idea of pull back, push through, Mm -hmm. is this like a time where I pull back or push through or take a break or like what, what Mm -hmm. am I really feeling and it's kind of like that meme that's like, do I want bangs or do I need to talk about my feelings like that? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, that's, that's how I think of it. It's just like, do I push through or do I need to stop and think about my feelings? Mm. Um, and oh, go ahead. I was, I was just going to say for who stop for who do the what? Yeah. Um, yeah. The, if, am I, am I pushing through for who? Mm-hmm. And like, yeah. Is this something that I want? Or am I afraid of somebody's expectations of me, somebody's Mm -hmm. judgment or criticism Mm -hmm. of me, or like someone's going to think like, I know that sometimes people leave gyms if there's too much drama, Mm -hmm. um, which is a big thing to do because sometimes it's that idea of like, will they think that they won if I left? Oh yeah. Right. Or if, if I leave because I'm trying to take care of myself, are they going to judge me because I'm no longer able to show up for them? Like I'm not strong. Like yes. it, it starts oh to gosh. unearth a lot of bigger feelings that I think when we kind of have that like push through mentality and like, it's really easy to, to hide and like you said, avoid those feelings and avoid all those things. But it also builds a really deep resentment for mm-hmm. what we do. And, uh-huh. and I don't think people realize that that resentment has come because we're trying so hard to avoid what we're feeling. And then like, for me, it got to a point where it's like, now I don't teach Thursday night classes. For some reason, Thursday nights got very hard for me. Uh-huh. And whether it was that phase of my life or whatever it was, I learned that I just wouldn't look forward to anything uh-huh. if I, if I took on that, that night, it was super random. I was like, maybe it's just Thursdays, but it got to a point when it's just like, what is it about Thursday nights that makes it hard? Is it because mm-hmm. I want to be home with my family by that point I'm exhausted? Or is it because there's something deeper mm-hmm. that is coming up during Thursday nights? Does that make sense? I don't know. Oh yeah. No, no, no. Of course. I think <laughs> we are back on the hi. mic. Hi, honey. Take a, a brief break <laughs> to get baby. And so you might hear her heavy breathing, but that's okay. No one's ever mad. I'm never mad about that. The breathing. I love the newborn breathing. (laughs) Um, Okay. So we were talking about um, the kind of unspoken ideas about strength, unspoken ideas about endurance and what it means and the judgments that come up. And, Mm -hmm. and I'll speak for myself here, but the, the judgments that come or the consequences that might come as a result of like you choosing yourself over choosing your job is like, you know, is this corporation now going to have, like, am I going to lose my spot at this corporation? I love this job. Mm -hmm. Um, I love the people that I work with. Am I going to get lost in, you know, just being kind of a lowly, group fitness instructor in the pool of corporate madness. Um, you know, it's, it's scary. And I don't want to like underwrite how scary it can be. I will say too, that like, I have had periods just like the instructor that you're telling me about that I left precisely because of the politics that I felt like I was competing against that I could never win. Yeah. Um, and it's extremely discouraging 
extremely disheartening to feel like nothing that you do really quite does it. You know, um, there's a lot of not enoughness too in this industry. And so my heart goes out to anybody that feels that because I feel that so regularly, it's not even funny. <laughs> oh, um, and so much of this does feel personal, you know, these, these, the choices that they make maybe are not personal, but the way that it has affected our lives is very personal. Um, and especially if it, if it takes on the kind of spiritual aspect that like yoga, for instance, does take on quite a spiritual aspect, it's very life-changing. And so when you have to walk away from uh, a studio or something like that, it does create big feelings of resentment. So yeah, it's really, really difficult. And if you can manage to keep a foot in the door, then you can start to pause and, and again, ask yourself, who was that for really, you know? Um, why was I choosing to still enter when I felt like I was at my max, when I felt like I had nothing more to give? And, you know, how can I make this more sustainable? How can I continue? Um, you know, even when I don't even necessarily believe in myself or what I'm doing anymore or what my purpose is, and it's, it can be, incredibly difficult. And to that, I also say, if you feel like you need to leave and come back in a few years, there will always be space for group fitness instructors. Mm -hmm. There will always be space for you and the individuality that you offer. And, you know, if you stop and pause and take a breather, there is nothing wrong with that. I know that I, in speaking to like that particular instructor, I actually shared a lot of your experience when mm -hmm. I mentioned, I told her, I was like, well, maybe this would be a good time to assess. Like, is this something that makes you happy? I was like, so here's some steps that I've taken when I get to into a frame of mind like that, when I need to figure out again, like you said, like, who is this, who am I doing this for? Uh-huh. <laughs> she has, she has big opinions. Um, who am I doing this for? And then like, what can I do to fall in love with this again? So that mm -hmm. was the first thing I was like, why don't you take classes, take somebody else's class. And sometimes like do a format that isn't even something that you teach. Mm -hmm. When I'm in like a deep funk, I legit go to CrossFit. <laughs> like the only time you'll ever see me in CrossFit. And then people are like, oh, she has big feelings because she's in CrossFit. I don't yeah. invite anybody. I don't take a friend. I always just go by myself to the same CrossFit gym. Mm -hmm. Shout out yeah. to CrossFit Timonogus. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Stevie says CrossFit too. She says she loves CrossFit. Yeah. Mine um, is Cycle. Cycle yeah. is like the place that I go to really wrestle with my demons. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true because it's something completely out of your element. Something that mm -hmm. you're not like, I know it like for CrossFit and me, like I don't do CrossFit. But it's mm -hmm. something that's difficult and challenging, but I have to be present because mm -hmm. I don't, I don't usually do that when in yeah. any other format, I can kind of like get stuck in my own head being like, I know what's next. I'll just go through the motions, but I love doing something that will deeply connect me to how I'm feeling and to my body. Yeah. Um, <laughs> baby. Mine is <laughs> handstands too. Handstands is like the place that I'll go a lot. And I, that one, I know it's not accessible to everyone. Obviously not everyone could be handstanding, <laughs> but that one's a very, very quickly will tell me where my head is at. Literally. Yeah. 
if not, if I'm not able to be like present and breathing and uh, in a state of ease, it will translate into my body at once. And that's when it's actually a really in, a good indicator for me to say, you know what, today is not, um, it's not the day for me. <laughs> I'm going to go and I'm going to make myself a cup of tea and treat myself to a couple of, you know, guilty pleasure shows and come back another time. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But yeah, I was going to say, um, on top of doing that, being able to then reassess being like, as you're going to class, how you're feeling, mm-hmm. how you're feeling. am I excited to do this class? And don't even think about the people because mm-hmm. I think, I know that I've taught at facilities that like, were not serving me because I wanted to be there for the people. And again, in that case, who am I doing it for? Not me. And so like when you're in this place, you like, it sounds so selfish, but you have to come inside. Don't think about other people. Don't think about who this might like quote an effect mm-hmm. if you need to take a break, but being able to, <laughs> she's so chatty, sorry, <laughs> but being able to, to stop and reflect and say, how do I feel about this class that I'm going to go teach today, right now, this moment. Yeah. And, and if you're not feeling like ecstatic, if you're not feeling like this is Disneyland, then maybe that's kind of that feeling. <laughs> I'm not even yeah. going to apologize. <laughs> no, 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 no. This is She's medicine us for me. Really, she is really giving us some serious advice and just none of us know what it is. Yeah. It's a mystery. You know but what yeah. Stevie said? Stevie said, like the, the great... The great poet Lauren Hill says, how are you going to win when you ain't right within? You know? <gasps> Ooh, I like that. Thank you, Stevie. That was Thank wonderful you, advice. That was very insightful. Um, but yeah. And so when do you know when to pull back? When do you know, like, and what does that look like? Because when I was telling this instructor about, about you, I was just like, you know what? Like my sister has gone to a point where she's like even kind of left facilities but then she'll be like, you know what? I'm ready for it now. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, yeah. So, and so how do you go into that knowing that you have that like abundance mindset that there will be space for you after you worked so hard to like build a class, maybe even get a class? Like, how do you come to that idea of like, there will be space for me if I come back mm, when I'm ready? That's a great question. Um, so it's really like, the, and I think we can all really gauge this accurately if we go into our bodies, which thankfully this is a group fitness or this is a podcast about teaching fitness and, and that, but we can really get clear when we go into the sensations that are happening in the body and ask ourselves, am I running on fumes right now? Do I have anything else to give? And, um, and if the answer is I need to pause and refill, that's your answer right there. And, and I don't want anybody to be logicking themselves out of like, we will always try to kind of rationalize and justify and yes, but this person will be disappointed and they'll believe that I'm not strong enough and whatever other narratives we're cleaning, clinging it to. Right. Um, but the, the very quick and dirty answer is if I drop into my body right now and I feel that resistance and I feel that fatigue, if I feel like I have nothing left that's the moment that it is time to withdraw and fill your own cup, you know? And when the time comes, you know, we each have 
something even like you and me we we got trained right around the same time we were taught with the same instructor even like the same specialist taught us but you and i teach vastly different we're even in the same family you know like but just because you are you and i am me there's no way that our classes will look like or feel the same just by virtue of us being two different people so there is always something unique um regardless of like whether you took the exact same training with the exact same person, you know, at the exact same time, there is something that you have to offer that no one else can offer. And it is a hard thing to believe sometimes, especially when it becomes like, a, oh no, what was I lacking? You know, oh no, what was I lacking? But it's sometimes, you know, you pausing to, to build on that foundation again build your own self up that will give you everything you need to be successful in this industry. And so I think too, turning back to like the very first topic of like being, knowing how to be professional, the professional knows how to take breaks. The professional knows how to pull back and when to pull back. Yes. And, and even there are even options like for group fitness, the beauty of group fitness is like, we are basically, you know, like our schedule, our lives are in our own hands. Yes. We work really hard to build and, and to get classes. Yes, for sure. And that is valid, but we are not necessarily like our job is not necessarily at the mercy of somebody else's hands. Like if we need to pull back, if we need a break, there are options. I know that I've had instructors that whether they leave to have a baby or whether they are like, I am just not mentally here right now, but I don't want to give up my class. I'm like, perfect. Let's find you an option. Let's get you a sub for a minute. Mm-hmm. We'll give you like a few months and then we'll reassess. Mm-hmm. And it's like, there are options. There are, there isn't always option like that. Like depending on your facility, um, they're obviously going to say like this or that. Um, I can't speak for every manager, but I do know that the bottom line is if you like the goal is to be able to choose yourself mm-hmm. and to take care of yourself. Like that's what I always try and instill in my instructors at the rec. I'm like, your my priority is to make sure that you're okay. And your priority mm-hmm. is to make sure that you're okay. Everything yeah. else will always work out. Your people yeah. will be taken care of. The classes and opportunities will still be there. But if you're like not in a place that you're feeling okay, it's not like, you're not going to like being here. The people are going to feel it and it's just going to make us all sad. So (laughs) this is an industry of change. This is an industry of fast moving people, fast moving trends, fast moving, um, you know, even like the, the staff that you work with will rotate very quickly. So the seasoned instructor can stay cool even, you know, they can kind of zoom out and get more of a bird's eye view of what's happening. Um, a, a good instructor will understand when, well, it's always a good time for humor, but humor in, in what kind of like capacity, right? What kind of dosage? Um, and being able to fly by the seat of your pants at any moment, but it's also like, yeah, understanding your inherent worth, what you bring to the table, and furthermore, what money you're bringing in for this company, you know, um, choose yourself, even as today, like in Indiana, it's pouring snow, it's snowed like a foot today. Um, And, you know, 
being able to choose myself in this scenario is quite easy. I'm not going to risk life and limb for, you know, the, the money that I make in an hour to teach a couple sun salutations or whatever. So do choose yourself, but it's not so easy when you're choosing, you know, like you're, you're feeling moderately injured and maybe not so hot mentally, you know, choose yourself there too. It's just as important. For sure. And like, yeah, you can't show up at your best if you're not there for yourself. (laughs) And it's like, yeah. And it's like the most depressing quote, but like it's by Mel Robbins. It's like, nobody's going to be there. Nobody's going to be there to like, make sure that you're okay. So it's like, in those, it's like really sad, but everyone's like, so in their own heads and they have a lot of stuff happening that if you can't, and I don't want to say that to like lose faith in humanity, like people are going to see us, people are going to take care of us for sure. Right, right. But at the end of the day, we have to be okay showing up for ourselves first. Yeah. Advocating for yourself is a superpower. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then with that, I would love to even segue into knowing your worth as an instructor. Um, Angie, working in yoga, um, yoga, yoga studios are very different. I will say from like a big box gym. Um, and I know that every yogi's dream is to work in a yoga studio. It's like a big deal, especially when you work for like the pretty ones that have like the salt chambers and the sound <laughs> baths and yes, like they're like super Zen from like, cause that's all they do is yoga. Mm-hmm. And it's really awesome. And there's so many modalities in yoga that it's like, if that's, that's your dream, like go, go big. Um, but just just so everyone is aware, if you've never been to a yoga studio or you're not into yoga, it is a very different, very mm-hmm. different feeling, very different um, arena to teach in. And with that said, very different even like pay grade compared mm-hmm. to a big box gym. Big box mm-hmm. gyms are like what? 25 if you're like crushing as an instructor if you have a lot of certifications yeah mm-hmm. um, yeah. T- I would say 25 is like the standard like kind of in standard like a big box industry 20, yeah. 25 yeah. yeah um and then in a yoga studio it's like uh, you might start <laughs> no, it's, it usually starts at like 20 and then depending on where you are in the country depending on what kind of clientele you have if it's mm-hmm. like a resort or whatever there are many different ways that it might change um, your base pay will usually go up if you have more hours of certification and many studios will also add like a dollar or two per head, even more, um, after a certain number. So say they have a base capacity of five students and then over that you would get an extra dollar per head, um, or extra $2 or head or, or whatever. Um, yeah. and yeah, that, that, so you can get paid a pretty penny, um, I was lucky at the last studio that I worked at to be paid $50 per class mm-hmm. and $2 a head over five people. Wow. Um, and so it was, it was the flex. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and it, I was really grateful to the studio owner for being able to work with, cause I kind of came in wanting to be very specific and intentional about the way that I delivered a yoga class. It's a very different environment from teaching at a gym. (laughs) But just recently I had a student or a a teacher who certified at the studio that I was teaching at last year. And she said, well, I mean, ideally I would love to be in a studio, but I, I could only get in at the gym. And I said, no, this is a great opportunity. You get to really practice. And I said, you know, everybody loves to teach in a quiet, uh, 
pristine environment. But here you kind of have these mats that get thrown around. You got like the noise of the weights kind of going out in the outside room and people walking into your class. Now, this is the job. This is the yoga. How can you create space for these people to really go within when there's a lot of chaos? That's more yoga than creating a silent space for every distraction to be like left out the, the door. I get that people love a retreat, but it's not yoga if you're like, you know, if, if you're already there and there's no work to be done, then that's not really, uh, you know, you miss the point. <laughs> no, it's true. And we love that yoga should be for everybody with a body. Oh yeah, everybody. Oh my gosh, that could be like an entire podcast episode <laughs> in and of itself, navigating yoga industry. Seriously. But I was going to say, um, what is something that you've learned though in your experience in working for so many gyms and facilities when it comes to owning your worth? Because Ooh. you and I have a lot of emphasis in education. We love learning and some, some gyms reward that some gyms can't. Like, I wish that we, I've been fighting really hard for my instructors that if they get more education, they should try and get more pay. Mm -hmm. um, but that isn't always the case. But there's sometimes when, like, I know that you've had experiences where maybe a manager or a studio <laughs> owner will be like, no, no. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, unfortunately, um, it's happened a little more often than I, I uh, yeah, it's happened more often than I, um, I wish that it would. And it's really unfortunate that it's happened like that. And so... I'm navigating my own feelings around being in the yoga industry when you want to honor the roots of yoga and it not be kind of commodified and commercialized into something that it was never meant to be. You know, um, understanding your worth very recently was a big lesson when I ran into a conflict in, at a yoga studio that I was working at here in uh, the Southern part of Indianapolis area. And during the pandemic, um, and when it was at its worst in India, I thought, oh my gosh, we got to do something. We have to do something to give back. Here we are, we're profiting off of this um, ancient wisdom that has, I mean, I, I don't exaggerate, yoga has changed my life, no question. And so, and it, it very much informs the way that I walk through the world now. And so for me, it was obvious that we should be doing something to try and give back to give to these people who have given so freely to change the world right um the studio owner outright said no um no and and after much kind of discussion about ideas i even went as far as to say but this would make you a leader in the community even this would be great for your pr this would make you look really good I won't even take the credit. Like I, you know, I really believed that I, that we should be doing something. Um, it felt morally imperative to me. And um, so, you know, and, and for me, it's really hard to, because, <laughs> because we're, we're heavy on the spiritual over in my corner of the universe. And so it felt like, you know, um, of course we should. Well, um, long story short, that was the end of my working at that studio. And, and later found out that the studio owner took credit for some of the things that I was doing in the, in my classes. And, and that was really hurtful. Um, not, 
not that I necessarily was doing it for the credit, but it was like, wow, you know, really, really showing me um, that they prioritized money over people. And, and it, it, like I said before, it really hurt me because, you know, you hope that this industry, that yoga in particular is full of very spiritual and uh, reflective in, inquisitive people. And I have met some really beautiful people in this um, corner of the fitness industry and the wellness industry, but choosing myself, choosing my morals, choosing what I believed in made it very clear to me that I could not coexist in this space. Um, and, and I want to emphasize to the instructors who are maybe feeling in a similar space that, you know, if it was easy, everyone would be doing it. Sometimes doing it, what you believe and know to be right and know, I mean, and for me, like I said, it was very much a matter of, of being aligned with my spirituality and what I believed would be in reciprocity to India and the people of India. Um, it was very clear for me, staying in my integrity meant walking away. And I'm, as hard as it is, as painful as it is, um, you know, I, I'm rooting for you in that regard. If you feel like you have to make a similar decision, you're not alone. Yeah. How would you say that you should start a conversation like that if you're maybe feeling out of alignment? Um, you mean like with, a, with your boss in that case? Um, if you're feeling out of alignment, it would be, you know, first probably addressing that you feel out of alignment. I can see that you are headed in one trajectory and I feel that I'm headed in a different trajectory and I want to stay aligned here. I want to stay together because I think we truthfully could have done more if we had stayed together, if we were united on that front. Um, and so it would be probably first to simply address that there is a conflict. You know, I see that I am moving in a, in a different energy than you and start to kind of get to the root of like what that is, why, and in this case, it was that they, they thought it was too much money, you know, and it, when it's a business that you're talking about, and I understand because in many cases, it's like you're choosing the survival of your business, or you're choosing your, uh, you know, to do a charity event in this, in this case. Um, and so I understand while you're trying to maintain your business, <laughs> and I'll say because, uh, uh, yeah, I, 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 you know, they could have afforded to to create that space um, for India, but like beyond that, beyond the situation alone, I think it would just be like a really great thing to just first clear up where the misalignment is, and then see if you can create a bridge, meet them where they're at, while also trying to create space for where you are at. You know, I think possibly, or I think it was possible that we could have found a solution if. Uh, yeah, and if, if we had been able to like find a way, the discussion didn't go there, <laughs> but. I think it's important to be able to also know that even though things might not work out the way you want them to or the way you hope, um, that you want to establish a relationship with your higher ups um, that you feel like you can share openly what you're feeling. Mm -hmm. I know that I've had many opportunities in my like as a manager to have really hard conversations 
Mm. Um, and it's not, it's, I know how hard it is for, for people to come to me and to share like what they're feeling. Maybe they felt like I, I hurt their feelings. Maybe I said or did something that, that didn't make sense and they need mm-hmm. more clarity. And I've always tried to have like an open door policy. Like I'd mm-hmm. always prefer you tell me how you're feeling. I can't always promise it's going to work out the way you want it to. Yes. yes. Because there's so many plates like on my end that I have to keep spinning. Mm -hmm. I do want to hear you and I do value you. And I think that's something also to just kind of know and be aware of that. Like you might not get that in any, in every facility, you might not get that opportunity to be heard or like feel as validated as maybe you deserve. Yes. Yeah. Um, But always trying to be honest. Like my boss said something, he's like, I don't see what I don't see. Exactly. And, and so a lot of times, like, even though like, it's such a bummer that that didn't work out. I think it's really important though that like, I'm so sorry that that was such a painful exit. Mm. Um, But I hope in the future that this studio owner might take that as an opportunity of learning and growing. And that's that's all we can do is hope. Yeah. I sincerely do hope, you know, I trust that that yoga will reach the people, you know, um, the first studio that I came in contact with definitely, I mean, had a hand in, in transforming my life and introducing yoga to me and the medicine that it brought to my life, even if I'm not on good terms with the studio or the studio owner anymore, you know, and so I have that big, big trust that, you know, that the people will find it and those who wish to go deep will go deep. Um, And I was talking to my manager at the gym that I work with now, and she said the exact same thing. We don't know what we don't know. It's up to the instructors to advocate for themselves and to, you know, create that good relationship with us because they want to advocate, you know, it hurts everybody if, if we're not all working together. And so, you know, to, to create that pathway of communication and it does take effort to communicate well, um, but it's, it's, um, it's always pays off to learn how to communicate with your higher ups. Absolutely. And again, it kind of goes back to like, even that over umbrella theme that we've been kind of, that we've kind of started with. If you can learn those skills, I feel like a lot of stuff that we experience as group fitness instructors that you don't know when you first certify for the cargo pants, that you just (laughs) will never leave the cargo pants. But um, being able to, to still be open to the fact that just because you have your paper doesn't mean all the learning is done. There's so much more to experience and so much more to practice like communication skills, like being open to rejection, to heartache, to, to learning and even like rude awakenings on both ends, whether you're a manager or -hmm. whether you're speaking to a manager or, you know, like you, you feel really passionately somebody asked me recently, like what it was like to be in my position. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I was like, well, it's, it's tough because here's the thing is you don't want to squash anybody. I don't ever want to, like, I see all these people that have this, this love, light and passion for fitness and what it did for them, the way it changed their life. And they just want to be able to give that to somebody else. So who am I to be the one to be like, absolutely not, sir. You know, (laughs) it's like, I want to be able to give opportunities, but in the same time, I can't always 
be that opportunity. Like maybe teaching at my facility isn't the opportunity for them, or maybe they don't get the class that they want. Mm -hmm. And because I felt like maybe another instructor was better for that position, not necessarily Mm -hmm. because they're not a good instructor, but you know, we take it very personally. And, and so when I was asked that question on how it's like, I'm like, it's trying, it's like trying to gather a bunch of artistic people Mm. that all have their own ideas because everyone has great ideas and it's trying to almost like not put them in a box, but kind of like trying to find a box that they all fit in so that we can all work together as a team. Yeah. I've heard a really good analogy once that was, um, the flavors, the flavors need to make sense. If you're cooking in a big pot, right? You're looking for all the flavors that complement each other that end up creating a really savory, flavorful dish. And sometimes the flavors don't make sense. And sometimes they throw off the vibe completely. Like it's not because this flavor isn't good. It's not because this flavor is garbage or anything like that. It's because it doesn't make sense for the dish that you're making. And there it will make sense for another dish in a, you know, perhaps a different like training arena or whatever. Maybe there's a smaller private gym or maybe you want to do your own thing or, um, you know, whatever it is, it's making sure that you're in the uh, arena that helps you to flourish to your fullest capacity. Yeah. So then I do have one more question kind of on that note. Mm -hmm. Um, I have a lot of friends that are recently certified in things and maybe they haven't been accepted to their gym and they've been certified and working and trying and practicing and auditioning for like six months to a year. Mm-hmm. What are some things that maybe you would suggest so they can keep that light ablaze, but then also maybe finesse themselves as, as professionals? Like what are things that you, that you know that you've worked on, like to be able mm-hmm. to find your voice find your passion, but also maintain that ability to, to show up knowing that you're a part of a team, knowing how to be professional, knowing how to communicate. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that lesson came for me by way of teaching online. It was kind of an avenue I avoided for a long time because I was scared of it because it meant that I couldn't demonstrate things as well, because it meant that I had to really get good and clear about how I was delivering my cues and communication and the kind of backend setup, right? So um, that's definitely one avenue that that an instructor could take in building the community. It actually built my confidence up quite a bit because I had to be okay with whatever happened. You know, if one person showed up or whether 10 people showed up, it was like, I have to be really okay with whatever happens and know that it's not me that is the problem. You know, I, I, um, I have the medicine and it, the modality is like how I'm delivering that medicine, right? And so if it's now or six months from now, you know, you can finesse that by seeing yourself um, building again, kind of coming back to that idea of foundations of like, I have a structure that I'm working with. And if I need to change the structure up a little bit, if I need to uh, change up my delivery method, it never touches me as the individual at the core of that, right? And that will never change. You know, in six months, my core, my integrity will still be in place. And I have finessed the way that I'm delivering that, you know, so keep, um, keep 
knocking at the door of opportunity, keep showing up because there will be that spot who, you know, where, where you flourish the best, where you will feel supported by your management, where, where you will be paid ac uh, adequately and cared for and all of that stuff. But uh, it does take, you know, once you get your foot in the door, that's too a lot easier. <laughs> that's true. No, it's true. And I think then like I had one of my cute instructors, she tagged me in a post and she was like, I am just so grateful. I auditioned at like three gyms and I finally, um, Andy took a chance on me and I'm like, I didn't take a chance on you. I saw you were great, <laughs> but, but it was just this idea of sometimes you just have to wait. You just have to wait. But like, while you're waiting, keep moving your feet. Yes. Like, oh, yeah. Have faith it's going to happen and move your feet towards making it happen. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and trusting that maybe the time might not be now, maybe that might not be the place. And then it was kind of funny because she told me this week that she actually got, ended up getting hired at the initial place that she tried out mm. for the very first place that just yeah. barely, they reached out to her being like, Hey, we see that you're doing this, this, and this can yes. you want to come back. And she was like, what? Yeah, <laughs> I, mean, I already came to you first, but it's just like, maybe the timing was wrong or maybe it was, you just needed something else first. Yes. Our dad, um, grew up for the folks who don't know, like the context of, uh, us kind of growing up together. My dad always had this saying that he would say preparation and opportunity. You're always preparing for the opportunity if, um, and so I kind of think about it, like if somebody's throwing you a ball, right if you're waiting and waiting and waiting out there in left field and you're going to wait for the opportunity, but if you're just like, not, you know, if you're not on your feet or you're kind of dilly dallying, distracted, picking at your nails or whatever, or you're completely off the mark, no matter what that ball is going to come at you and you're not going to catch it. Cause you never were aligning yourself to catch it. You know, you can still kind of, to use your words, like you can still move your feet. You can still be ready and waiting and honing, that moment for when the ball comes your way, you will be perfectly positioned to receive it. I love that. Well, Ange, this has been amazing. I would <laughs> love, I always like to ask my guests, if you had one thing that you would want to leave with our listeners today, what would it be? And Stevie, want, Stevie has something to say first. Did you still have something? No. <laughs> No, it's not all you, Angie. <laughs> oh, my, my takeaway would be to, um, to always come back to your, your sense of self, never shake on your values because there is a place for you in this industry. There is always a place for you and your uniqueness and you know, find the core of who you are. That way you can't be shaken around no matter how much change, no matter how much, um, you know, up and down you might experience, you're going to be there and resolute. So keep on keeping on, I guess, is the moral of the story. Yeah. Don't lose yourself. Yeah. Don't be lose yourself. yourself. Get Love right with yourself, you know, Get right within. Yeah. Learn when to pull back or when to push through and and when to, when to question, ask questions on why oh, yeah. you're doing what you're doing and if the places and people that you're teaching and serving, if, mm -hmm. if that's right for you mm -hmm. or if it was just, and I just also want to say like, no, no place that you ever teach for, even if it doesn't align with you after a while, it's not a waste. 
it's all just like a footstep in your path towards becoming and becoming the instructor and the, the light giver that you are meant to become or you're becoming. Absolutely. So yeah, thank you so much for being here. Angie, tell us where everyone can follow you for all the things and to see all the amazing things that you do. Oh, thank you. Um, So you can find me at, um, I'm most active on Instagram. So you can find me at Instagram. My handle is at B-I-R-D-G-E-R-H-L underscore. So bird girl with a funny spelling. Um, And my website is at the same address. So www.bird.com birdgirl.com and you can find my movement you can find my witchery because like I said we're heavy on the spiritual over in my corner of the universe Um, but you can find me there yay yeah follow her because she always has really great a very diverse page where she covers all her interests but then also has really great advice that can be taken whether it's in fitness whether it's in spiritual side of things or whether it is just in life in general, she is very, you just have such a great way of writing and communicating. And as you heard speaking, um, so thank you, Angie, for being here and thank, thank you, you. Everyone for listening. We'll see you on the next one. <laughs>